At the beginning of every year, people aspire to make changes in two key areas of their lives. Can you guess what they are? You don't have to rack your brain long enough to conclude that the majority of people set out to improve their fitness and their finances. But year after year, so many people find themselves without results, making little to no progress, and sometimes even taking steps backwards. How does the cycle change? Kicking off the new year, we're beginning a series on the power of habits. This month, we're tackling the topic of finances and how we can create habits that produce lasting results. I'm your host, Jennifer Robinson, for January 5th, 2024. You're listening to the Bloom Podcast. Bloom is designed to inspire, encourage, and grow you in your relationship with others and Jesus. Happy New Year. It is no secret that I am not a big fan of designing New Year's resolutions, but I am a big proponent of developing habits. Now, the distinct difference is that a resolution is something you commit to obtain. You're deciding to resolve something. But a habit is a tendency or practice that is difficult to give up. In other words, resolutions are something that we have to muster up the self-discipline and willpower within ourselves to resolve, where habits are patterns of behavior that live within our existing frame of mind. You can tell a lot about a person based on their habits. Resolutions might determine what someone desires, but habits tell what deeply matters to us. It might be hard to resolve saying no to pizza when it's not your cheat day, but if you have an existing habit to eat salad for lunch, that cycle is harder to break. Because habits are not about willpower, they are about patterns of living. We have habits in virtually every aspect of our lives, but there is one common denominator that influences habits more than anything else, more than environment, more than culture, more than circumstance, and that is our mindset. Pastor Craig Rochelle once said, the life we have is often a reflection of the thoughts we think. The life we have is often a reflection of the thoughts we think. Our mind is an incredibly powerful tool. It's not an infinite tool, but it's a powerful one nonetheless. And when it comes to developing new habits, new patterns of behavior, we need to consider our mindset. This month, we're going to look at five mindset habits that can have powerful impacts on your financial life. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 19, holds one of my favorite verses of all time, which says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, nor where thieves break in and steal. Jesus was talking specifically about our approach to money. He said later on, just a few verses down, that we can't serve two masters. We can't serve both God and money. So it's a question of who is our true master. For our first mindset habit, we need to reframe our thinking on who we serve. Money is a resource that God has given us to steward. We are meant to be the master of our finances, not our finances mastering us. But like I've mentioned in the beginning, our habits tell a great deal of what matters to us. And Jesus, knowing this all too well, is why he spent a fairly large portion of his teaching time on money. Now, if you're farther down the road in your walk with Jesus, you probably understand the concept that God is the owner of all things. 
including our money. The thing is, God doesn't necessarily need our money. He wants our heart. He wants our allegiance to him, his ways, and his kingdom. That's what matters to God. Even though he doesn't need us to accomplish his will, it's a little known fact that we desperately need Jesus. We depend on him as the very lifeblood of our sustenance. The problem is we don't make choices that reflect that belief. We tend to buy the lie that our need for accumulating things supersedes our need for Jesus. Now, most of us wouldn't come right out and admit that, but we don't have to. Our online credit card and bank statements do all the talking for us. What story do they tell about you? The first mindset habit that we need to receive is that the treasure is and always will be Jesus. Jesus is eternal. Nothing can take him away from us. Instead of investing in earthly things that rust destroys or can be stolen from us at any given point, we see God's will for our finances and we want to pursue that. Acknowledging that all we have been given belongs to him anyway, so how does he want us to manage our money? You know, we ask God for a lot of things. When I spend time praying to God, talking to him in the morning, a lot of times I will ask for things like protection, health, blessings on the future, success of plans, probably really similar to a lot of prayers. But when was the last time you had a heart-to-heart conversation with God about your finances? As it says in Colossians, when we set our minds on things above where Christ is seated and not on earthly things, we will align ourselves to matters of eternal value. This is the starting point. It's the fundamental starting point if you desire to get anything right with your finances. If you want to change your habits and finances, it begins by surrendering your finances to Jesus, asking for his help to guide and sustain you in it, and to fix your eyes on what can't be taken from you. This mindset transforms the way you view not only money, but all aspects of your life. Now, one of the practical ways to do this is by checking in with Jesus before you make any large or unnecessary purchase. I'm not talking about gum and things like that, but he can reveal whether it's a wise purchase or whether there is a heart issue at hand that needs to be addressed. So if you can't seem to stop yourself from constantly ordering things off Amazon and Amazon's coming to your door every single day, you might want to check in with God on that. You know, God is the master over every area of our lives. So count him in when it comes to your finances because As we can see in all of his teaching throughout scripture, he has a lot to say. Mindset habit number two is probably one of my favorites because I think so many people fall into this mindset trap. A large percentage of people live with what's called a poverty mentality. And you might say, well, I don't fall within the poverty guidelines, so this probably doesn't apply to me. But I want you to ask yourself, what is your debt to income ratio? you might be more in poverty than you think. Poverty is not just a lack of income. It can also indicate that there is not enough money to cover the costs of your debt and expenses. You may disagree with me on that, but I think poverty has a spectrum and income is only one aspect of that spectrum. The other aspect is your debt and your expenses. You can make six figures, but if your debt and expenses are higher than what you make, you may not be in as solid of a financial position that you think you are. And with that being said, someone with a poverty mentality believes 
that since it seems as though they will never be able to get out of debt or achieve the financial goals they desire, or maybe they just think that life is all about just constantly having to be in debt and paying for debt, well, they might as well spend however much they have to enjoy life, even if they technically can't afford it. The mindset habit that needs adjusted here is one from a poverty to a potential mentality. Rather than accept a false narrative that you will never be able to get out of debt or achieve your financial goals, begin assessing the potential within your finances. For example, you might be convinced that buying a $5 drink every day isn't going to matter in the grand scheme of things because what difference is $5 going to make? $5 isn't going to make a dent in your debt or help you get anywhere fast with savings, so you might as well just enjoy sipping on your little bougie coffee treat, right? Well, once again, this requires a shift in your mindset. So in order to create new patterns of behavior, the battle with this is won in your mind. Because every decision is intentionally positioning you closer to being debt-free or deeper in debt. So if you want to establish a new powerful habit, you will need to exchange a poverty mentality for a potential mentality. Despite what social media shows, wealthy individuals don't actually live as though they are wealthy. Most of them, in fact, live well below their means. And in the meantime, there are those of us that living off significantly less that choose to purchase name brand clothing, expensive cars, and eat takeout multiple times a week, even though they really can't afford to. Going back to that bougie coffee drink, $5 in of itself doesn't seem to make a big difference. But $5 over the course of time can. It's about a potential mindset. Just do the math. Take one purchase that you make on a regular basis, and instead of buying that product or renewing that subscription, make the habit to transfer that dollar amount that you would spend over to a savings account. Now, I will say this. This is not a sprinting experiment. It is a long-distance run. But if you sit down and add up the cost of what something is over the span of a week, a month, six months, a year, you will see that it matters and it adds up. And all the seemingly insignificant little purchases you regularly make, think about those. Imagine the potential if you invested that money instead. All right, let's keep on moving forward. So the third mindset habit correlates well with the one we just discussed. There's something Christian financial experts dub the steady plotting principle. It's derived from God's word found in Proverbs, also known as the wisdom book, one of my favorite books to read. And in Proverbs 13, it tells us that wealth is gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. So just like the $5 coffee example, saving like anything worthwhile in life, it's going to take time. The problem is we live in a culture that has a microwave mindset. We want things to be immediate and easy. We're looking to pop our plan into the microwave and in 30 seconds we'll have instant results. Just look at Instapot, Instagram. Both are ways in which we feed into the innate desire for quick gratification. Saving requires more of a slow cooking approach. It takes investment. It takes time. You have to be patient with it if you want to achieve the best outcome. Now, the third mindset habit is to not obsess on instant results, but obsess in establishing sustainable practices. Not obsessing on instant results, but obsess in establishing sustainable practices.
practices. Now, often people will say they simply can't afford to save money, but I bet your bank statement would suggest otherwise. It's not a matter of a cash flow issue, but a mindset. If you pay $50 a month in various subscriptions, that's $600 a year. If you buy that $5 coffee each day, that's over $1,800 annually. It's not that you can't save money, it's that you're investing in the wrong things. You don't have to be in the stock market to invest. Everything you are purchasing, you are making an investment, whether it's a wise or foolish investment, and whether it's a short-term or long-term investment. For instance, you may invest in health supplements because you would prefer investing in that over doctor bills. Everything we buy is an investment of some sort. The purpose of the steady plotting principle is that it makes saving money sustainable. Sustainability is key to establishing long-lasting financial habits. Now, if something is unsustainable, you will at some point cease to continue doing it. You will get discouraged from saving if you attack it aggressively from the beginning. A common mistake is to get all excited about saving money, which is what a lot of people do at the beginning of a year when they're making their resolutions, they want to save a bunch of money, so then they put too much back into the savings account, and then soon after they realize that they have to borrow from it in order to cover necessary expenses that they have. Because again, we want that instant gratification. So you may resolve to set aside a larger sum of money to save because that delivers that quick result, that microwave mindset. But once you have to tap back into that money, it can quickly discourage you from making savings a regular habit. Because then you're thinking to yourself, I can't afford to do this. So why do it at all? Now we're entering tax return season soon. And if you receive a return, you might be tempted to put all your return into savings. But if you are up to your neck in debt, you will probably soon find yourself taking that money right back out which is an immediate downer to your savings excitement. It's best to begin slow and steady with savings. This will produce a pattern of saving. And then once you chip more and more away at debt, you can begin being more aggressive in savings. Now, I mentioned this concept briefly already, but the next mindset is one that I believe does not get enough attention. I briefly mentioned that sometimes the issue is not our cash flow, but the places we are choosing to invest, which is very true. But I also want to recognize that there are situations where cash flow is a legit issue. Sometimes, no matter how much you budget, frugally plan, and live below your means, no matter how much ramen noodles you eat, there's just not enough coming in that keeps you out from living that paycheck to paycheck cycle. The mindset trap here is that there is no way out. Your mindset determines that it would be too costly, too risky, or too difficult to figure out another income pathway. Now, this brings us to mindset habit number four. Decisions determine destiny. It may not sell as a habit, but decision patterns are very much derived from our mindset habits. So whether you remain stagnant or move forward into new territory, you are ultimately making a decision that is directly linked to your pattern or habit of behavior. Now, those decision-making habits play a major role in your financial life. Staying at the same job is a decision. Going back to school or gaining a new job is a decision. The decision you choose sets the course of your destiny. If you choose to remain in a dead-end job with no promise of promotion, 
That determines your destiny to remain in a cycle of paycheck to paycheck. The very definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. But if you decide to make some moves to further your training, go back to school, seek new employment, maybe even just find a side hustle, now you have made a decision that places you on a new trajectory. And I'm not saying it won't be hard. I'm not saying there won't be sacrifices along the way, but you have to decide whether your mindset is one of staying put or moving forward. When our kids were small and I was a stay-at-home mom, Jesse and I lived paycheck to paycheck for a period of time. I would clip coupons. I took advantage of every free opportunity for the kids. I frequently sold my clothing items and small household things to like resale stores. I was a frequent flyer in there for selling things. We bought nothing frivolous, okay? Charmin toilet paper was considered a splurge. And still, his sales job just, it wasn't cutting it. We used credit cards to charge diapers. There just wasn't enough income. And even though God called me to stay at home and raise our family, we knew something needed to change. So Jesse decided to go back to school and get his teaching license. He already had his bachelor's degree, so he just needed two semesters of classes and a semester of student teaching. It was only a year and a half, but it seemed like a lifetime. It required him being away from home more. I remember spending many late nights just helping, working with him on research assignments, papers, and online class discussion boards. Don't miss those. Um, every day goes by, I definitely don't miss those. But it was it was a grind, and with two small kids. But once it was done and he got his first teaching position, we knew that we would be able to slowly climb out of the paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck hole. So don't ever buy into the mindset lie that things are the way they are and they can't be changed. Of course, every decision should be met with prayer and mutual support. We needed to be on the same page with God and each other in that decision. But once we felt it was the right move, we set our mindset to the end result because we knew that no matter how difficult the journey, the decision would determine our destiny with our finances. And in the end, it was going to pay off. All right, the fifth and final mindset habit is to guard your mind. We have a habit of being on our phones, okay? I mean, if you're like anybody else, you're probably on your phone spending a decent amount of time. Just check and see what your screen time hours are on your phone. Wow, if you haven't done that lately, it is very telling of just how much time we actually spend staring down at our phone. Or even when we turn off the TV, if we're not on our phones, we're probably watching TV, or finding something to look at that keeps us entertained. We have become so dependent on social media and spending hours a day scrolling through feeds and reels and stories. And within this time we spend scrolling, we're absorbing information and images that advertise products and lifestyles, convincing us of what we're lacking and what we need. Reprogramming this habit can be tricky because unless we muzzle our fingers we're going to be on our phones, taking in everything that flashes across our screen. Scrolling and participating in mindless entertainment is a behavior pattern that our culture feeds into, and many of us have welcomely adopted it as our own. So in order to begin resetting our mindset in this habit, when it comes to our pastime scrolling, we have to spend some time in self-assessment. 
It's key to be aware of avenues that contain content that spark your interest. When we repeatedly view things that pique our interest, it's easier to wind up into temptation to spend frivolous, unnecessary money. For instance, I love decorating. I love spending time just scrolling through Pinterest, watching HGTV, um, just getting different ideas on home decor. And if I spend just a little too much time doing that, I'm suddenly now wanting to redecorate my fireplace mantle or update my master bedroom throw pillows or tackle even bigger projects. I have to limit how much I allow myself to be exposed to these related things that will tempt me to spend money I really don't need to spend. For you, it could be clothes, shoes, skincare, makeup. And I have a teenage daughter. There is a big difference I've realized between skincare and makeup, and it is a very big difference. Thing happening with just youth, young adults today. Oh my goodness, it's a whole thing. But there are so many advertisements that we see by leisurely scrolling on our phones, and our phones are designed to continue showing us what we are drawn to. Like, so if you Google a product, it's gonna now pop up on your YouTube and your Instagram, you're gonna see it all over the place. And all these multiplying messages being sent directly at us is all that we need to just fill us and fuel us to want to spend more. Spend and be able to just, whatever we feel that we need, because whatever that product might be giving us to feel fulfilled or happy or worthy, you fill in the blank. But developing a habit to limit time on our devices will not only increase our productivity, and help us be more present with those around us, but it's going to save you from overspending. Our finances really tell a lot about us, what matters to us, what we prioritize, what we care about. That's why maintaining healthy habits in our finances matters. Jesus put it this way when he was talking about storing treasures in heaven. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Remember how I said Jesus wants our hearts. He really doesn't care about our money a whole lot. He mainly just wants our hearts. And he wants to make sure that our heart is in the right place. And if bank statements could talk, they would reveal a lot of what's in our heart. What we love, what's important to us. So let's do a quick recap on these five mindset habits. So number one, reframe your thinking on who you serve. Do you serve money or Jesus? Because you can't serve both. Serving money means we focus on our wants and needs. We aim to satisfy self. Serving Jesus means we focus on him and things that hold eternal value. It all starts with the mindset and this habit to place Jesus at the center of your financial planning and your financial purposes. Number two, exchange a poverty mentality for a potential mentality. Poverty mentality says, I buy what I want because I will never be able to achieve my financial goals, so I might as well enjoy spending. A potential mentality says, every dollar matters. Every dollar not being spent can be saved or make incremental progress toward paying off debt. Number three, don't obsess over instant results, but obsess on establishing sustainable practices. It's all about the steady plotting principle. Add little by little over the span of time, and it will add to your wealth. It's not an overnight miracle. It will take time. Sustainability is essential if you're going to maintain any habit. 
If it's too hard or too discouraging, you won't want to keep doing it. So take it slow and easy. And then once you get out of debt, you can be more aggressive with savings. Number four, decisions determine destiny. If cash flow is a roadblock in your financial progress, you will have to get out of the mindset that says nothing can change or get better or that it will be too difficult to reach your career and financial goals. Instead, get into the mindset habit that seeks opportunities for growth, furthering your education, finding a new job, or getting a second job. It's going to take effort and sacrifice, but your decisions determine whether you remain stagnant in your finances or whether you're going to move forward. And then number five, guard your mind on what you see. Avoiding advertisement traps that lure you into spending unnecessary money. Maybe you need to set limits to your screen time on certain apps or watch less of your shows that entice you towards spending. Increase productivity and decrease the temptation to spend. The power of habits is that once it becomes a mindset pattern, it will be hard to divert away from it. Practice consistency in these five areas, and then you will begin to form new habits. There is so much more that could be shared on finances, uh, but two resources I really wanted to recommend if you're looking to have some further reading on these topics are the books Winning the War in Your Mind, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life by Craig Rochelle, and Financial Peace by Dave Ramsey. Next month, we're diving into how we can discover the power of habits in our physical life. In the meantime, keep growing and God bless.